This is a Think Live Be production. <laughs> Hold on, we gotta you gotta get into it before you can just hit record. You know, I need my my runway. Gotta warm up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. It's bright and early. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that early. It's pretty early. But uh, we are recording this on a, a nice weekend morning. Mm-hmm. So I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> nice yeah. and cozy. I'm fully dressed. <laughs> Pat gets dressed like first thing. Mm-hmm. Like right when he gets up, he's got to put on shoes, socks, full full, full outfit. Yeah, because I don't know if I got to get out of here. <laughs> You don't know when you just got to leave. I got to get out. Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyways, I like to take it slow on the weekends and have my coffee and and just kind of roll right into the day. Uh, Kayla is not with us this morning. Obviously, we didn't invite her over on a... She didn't sleep on the couch. (laughs) She didn't sleep over. Um, so she she's not with us this morning. We're going to talk about some interesting stuff that has been on my mind lately with different different things like every day. This is what I love about real estate. It's never the same. Oh, that's what you love. I thought that's what you hate about it. I it's a love hate relationship mm-hmm. with this industry. No, I I do love that it's there's variety. But what I mean is there's always some new, just like interesting, interesting thing to sort of dissect. Mm-hmm. Like the way that people, because it is such a people business. Um, I can understand why people who are in psychology would want to get into real estate because it's truly like a like a research study on yeah. the human condition. Yeah, like a high stress, like how high stress affects people. Right. Both with agents and with mm-hmm. the clients. Sure. Um, but anyway, so I, I had some interesting stuff um, over the last couple of weeks that I thought would be worth talking through and just dissecting why people are the way they are. Um, this is and we'll do this on our podcast, which is called Seeking the Best. Oh my God! It's so two years. If if it's this still, is you're still stumbling through the intro. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, we have a a, a funny little thing where I forget to do the intro. Yeah, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you're if this is your first time though, this is our podcast called Seeking the Best, and we try to seek out the best in ourselves and overcome these hurdles that exist in the real estate industry, both personal and professional, because really real estate is a lifestyle, and so it all kind of bleeds together. Uh, I'm Catherine Stelgis, and normally our one of our co-hosts. Kate Kayla Boundy is here with me, and um, she's not today, but our sound engineer, producer extraordinaire, Patrick Fatika. Hello. He happens to live here as well, so he's he's always here. So I get to be on the show. So he gets to, it's his favorite. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, we have him, or this wouldn't exist, because I don't know how to use sound equipment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to run a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, my skills lie with dealing with complex problems. That's... As I've grown into this career, when I first got into real estate, I didn't know what my value or what the job even was, really. But as I've grown along the way, I realized that truly what I bring to the table is that I can deal with complex problems and come up with solutions quickly mm-hmm. that make sense and then deal with the people involved in those and get them all on board. 
Yeah, you have to. That's a good thing to ask yourself if you're thinking about getting into real estate is how am I at problem solving? Yes. And being the leader in problem solving. You know, what's interesting. Um, we talk a lot about personality assessments because I think they're really interesting and it's some, some of them are so creepy because they're so accurate. Um, it's like you're reading like somebody is inside your brain and the KPA, the Keller Williams personality assessment or Keller personality assessment is one of those where you take a, uh, you know, an hour long quiz with what feels like SAT questions mm-hmm. <laughs> and, at the end of it, they pump out this report that is, it sounds exactly like you mm-hmm. and all of the little quirks of your personality and how it fits into whatever role you're applying mm-hmm. for. Well, and you, and we have a big enough um, control group of admins and buyers agents where it says, hmm, this might be a problem for you moving forward. And then inevitably, most of the time, that ends whatever that KPA says this might be an issue ends up being an issue. Yeah. And the reason I brought it up though is um well, I don't remember now. <laughs> um, so I if you're, this is your first time listening, I often forget what I'm talking about <laughs> mid mid sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an issue. Problem solving. Problem solving. Um one of the things on the KPA is logical problem solving and then I think there's also one for like um quick I don't know if it's called quick problem solving, but like mm-hmm. how, like how on your feet. Yeah. Like those are two different things, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Like, so the speed at which you can problem solve and the, the way in which you problem solve will dictate how you are as an agent in mm-hmm. this business. And are you good on the fly or do you have to go home w- with all the information and then, th- you know, put it up on a, detective board with red <laughs> yarn and and, and and stare at it and figure it out what kind of a person are you yeah, yeah. well and i think you can be either one sure of course yeah um in real estate you can be either one yeah. you can be either one yeah but you need to be a problem solver you have to be that's one first of, you and have foremost. to be one of them or a combination of both but you can't be uh the person who kind of sits back and waits right and then so that's a the, a good thing to wonder i think is is that a learned skill or is that um is that something that's inherently in you it's kind of i think it's kind of like um when people talk about actors or dancers or something there's people who have raw talent Mm -hmm. right and then there's other people who have some talent and can learn and then there's always people if you dedicate enough time to it you can learn so i think it maybe become it comes easier if you're a natural leader for example, yeah. then your chances are you're the type of person who is a problem solver. People are looking to you for answers because you're a problem solver, right? You know what I mean? You're the leader. So I think, I think there's, I think it's a combination. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. So if it is a, a combination thing where like it can be, you can have it naturally, then if you know that you have that, then you might be suited for this industry. If you know that you don't at all, then you might rethink getting into real estate because I'm not sure it's 100% learned. I think you yeah. can learn. I think you can learn you might not how get to, to problem- You might not be in the business long enough to be able to get to the point where you've learned through the, you've, you've practiced enough to be able to do it on your own. You know what I mean? Like yes, you can't because get that far. What, what is like the main reason that people quit real estate in the first like six months? Well, I would say 
it's not the job they thought it was. Well, that's true. One hundred percent. That's there's, true. I, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure where you're going. Oh, I'm going where it, they're crying on the floor because oh. of a situation. Oh, right. That's right, difficult. Right. Right. And so, if you can't like compartmentalize those feelings and put and figure out what steps do I need to take that logical problem solving, breaking things down in order to resolve this, then you're going to have a real difficult time dealing with the day-to-day of being an agent. And if you're on the administrative side, um, a transaction coordinator has to deal with this all day too. Mm-hmm. A lot of times there's, there's dealing with a lot of stuff as a transaction coordinator because you're dealing with the people in your office, the agents, right? You're dealing with other, all the different vendors that you're, that are being, I mean, you're dealing with so much. Right. So what I'm getting is though, you need, that's a skill, whether it's learned or, or in you when you're born or maybe it's not when you're born, but like that you grow up and it's just the way that you're raised leads you to when you enter the job field mm-hmm. that you have it. Yeah, if 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 you've went through college and and or and any other sort of like organization whether it's sports or whatever and people are always looking to you for the answers, then chances are this this career is perfect for you. Yeah. Right? That's that's how you would know. Like you're the you you always were the team leader and it just happened naturally whether it was a grouping in school or whatever it happened to be, then this is perfect for you. So one of the things I, I you know, I'm, a, I, I'm not a big Facebook person, but when I'm on Facebook, I'll, I'll scroll through like some of the real estate groups and, mm. and see the questions that people ask and the, you know, the interactions, the engagement that's going on there. And somebody had posted the other day about like trying to determine what their value is, you know, and, and what, what they bring to the table and everybody underneath that post, like a lot of people anyways, had written something to be funny. Like somebody, you know, posted pictures of cookies and it's like, okay, cute. <laughs> but what, if you can't uh, explain that to somebody. Right. And, and, and I think that's what that is, is like people were posting funny stuff because they really didn't know. They couldn't tell themselves or tell a client, prospective client why would you hire me over someone else? That's what the question was. It was more like about how how like how do you stand out above the competition, right? More so than specifically value, but that's what that is. And if you can't explain that to somebody in in like a quick few you second know, elevator pitch, yes. And that I think we might have touched on this here and there, but if you're a first year agent to a tenth year agent. That whatever your explanation is is going to evolve and change yeah. as you go, but you have to have the elevator pitch down. Yeah, because it's like, how do you not know how to answer a question that you know you're going to be asked? You should have this stuff like down to a science of it. This is this is why, and it should be true, and you should live that too. You know? Yeah. Well, so uh, another so some of the things people put, I actually didn't see anyone really put problem solver but I really feel like most of the most of my days that is what I'm doing that is what fire I'm, putter outer that, and that is what I'm good at and um and it all the way from like figuring out you know how to help somebody understand like they're like if they're listing a home and they're trying to buy at the same time mm-hmm. figuring out the puzzle to get them to buy and sell at the same time like all of those things not just transactional how do i negotiate this particular inspection issue like it's it's everything it's figuring out the solution to that person's problem mm-hmm. 
but it's also, there's also other things that you bring as value. And so some of the other things that I saw was like, people talked about their marketing. So something interesting that happened recently was that I was speaking with a prospective client, let's call them, and they were very quick to say, um, I don't want to pay you because I don't think that you- For a listing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, this is how for sale by owners are, right? They d- if they thought that an agent would do a good job, get them the most money, sell it, and and do everything that we promise we'll do, mm-hmm. if they thought that that was true, they would have just hired an agent, mm-hmm. right? That's actually a script. That's what, right. <laughs> if you thought I could get you, you probably would have already hired an agent, right? And so we can understand that from a consumer perspective. Like, if they thought that that was that I was going to do all of those things, well, then they we, would have already hired someone. What do we say about everybody? You know, we've done all of this work on this house and had to hire people. Everyone's bad at their jobs. Right. Right? We say it all the time. Everyone's bad at their jobs. So why would this be any different? Well, it's through experience that we feel that way, right? right. So same thing usually with with the 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 FISBO or mm-hmm. the listing perspective client that feels that way. They probably those FISBOs, they probably didn't hire anybody to do the tile floor. They did it them you know what I mean? It's like they and it's like, I don't need you for this either. Well, so so what what struck me in the conversation was how adamant this person was about the fact that they they did not think that I was worth any amount of money. Right. Like not We're, even it wasn't even like we'll uh, cut the commission. Like you're not worth as much as you guys charge, which by the way, you don't know in this conversation mm-hmm. what the commission rate. Like we haven't talked about any of that. So you have no perspective on right. what you're getting you're just for the you're not, amount. your job is useless. That's what I was being told, which by the way, let me just say insulting. Let me just say, because I know anybody listening to this feels the same way. Like, okay. I have been doing this job. This is my 16th year in real estate. So the career that I've spent the last 16 years developing, studying, researching, learning about everything that I do, uh, 50, 60, sometimes in, in really busy times, 70 hours a week, what feels like my entire life's work mm-hmm. is worthless. Yeah. That's what that's, what that's telling someone, by the way. Um, so obviously... Yeah, the initial and, reaction and, and, and is the igno- insulted. The ignorance coming from that person who's like, I can do it just as good as you can. <laughs> like, right, right. I'm going to stick a for sale sign in the yard and I can do it just like you. That is a high hill to climb as as an agent to get over with with somebody who's already thinking that. And then, you know, to do you even want to? Well, so <laughs> like, then, like the- then it's a matter of you're going to have to have some scripts in place in order to explain. Well, so then that's the the other flip side of that. So I was mentioning that a lot of people say that marketing is the reason that they stand out from the competition or the value they're bringing. And um, I think we do a great job marketing. I think we go above and beyond what most 99% of agents do. Yeah. I mean, how many other agents have a graphic designer and a videographer on staff? Yeah. And so... But sellers right now, true or false, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. They believe that, that none of that's necessary. Right. They think that you can stick a sign in the yard them. and that's going to be good enough. Yeah, it's hard for them to wrap their brains around that you will, and for you to, and for an agent to explain to them, you can stick a sign in the yard and probably sell this house and then you don't have to pay an agent. 
but if you list the house with me, I can sell it for more to where even if you pay me, you will still walk away with more money. Yeah. Like that risk assessment that they're that like you have to explain that to them and then the risk assessment they're doing in their heads they have to believe you right and and then say oh okay well and so so two things that come to mind with this this back and forth one is that that's a script right like you can just say to them like in this market you can stick a sign in the yard and you can probably get an offer Mm -hmm. i can stick a sign in the yard and i can get you 10 offers that's a that's a script and then that creates that that doubt in their mind of like, oh, you know, I you're right. Like I can't get as many offers as you. Ten offers. I've had I've only had five showings. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you get ten offers? However, this market is shifting, right? Mm-hmm. So the scripts have to change. We talked about leveling up our skills and things, I think, recently. Um, or I was talking to someone about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, I don't team, know if it probably. was you guys. <laughs> it might have been the team. But whenever things are changing, you're going to have to change the conversations too. So can I use that same script today? Not really, because that's setting the expectation that I'm going to go in and list that property and get 10 offers. Right. And, and that's the problem is that because there are so many licensed agents and we all do things differently, Somebody out there is telling that person something or in the past, like, remember, we learn things through experience. So somebody has told them a lie in the past. Yeah. And now they're like, well, no, that's not you can't get 10 offers. And I would be lying if I said I could right now for most houses because the market has slowed a little bit. So you have to change the script and know what the value is. So then how complicated is it to explain? Well, I'm a problem solver (laughs) and like well, what do you mean? Like, how does that bring me any more money? Like, then you're getting all in the weeds on all the different things that could go wrong and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's difficult to explain things in a really quick, succinct fac- fashion. But if you have a, and, and this is, it becomes easier through experience because somebody might view me as not being worth the money, but that's because they don't know me. Right. They don't have any experience with me yet to know if I'm worth that or not. So a really quick retort would just be to point out, hey, it sounds like you've had a bad experience in the past. And all I can say is that my track record is that I earn three to four percent more than the average agent does in our area. So when someone told you they could get you more money and they didn't in the past, Mm -hmm. well, I actually have a track record of doing that. Did that agent. And it also doesn't hurt to know kind of a ballpark of what this house is worth. So when you say it's 500, you know, in your house, we haven't decided on a price, but or you have it listed right now at as a FISBO at 500,000. What is three and four percent more of 500,000? And then what's my commission, (laughs) right? It's like, you're going to walk away with more money listing it with me. You also, it's not just money. I take all of the work out of it. You don't have to do any of the work. It's all done for you. So you can walk away with more money and you don't have to do anything. seems like a no brainer. Well, yeah. So there's also that, like, what's your time worth? Like, who's going to be showing the house? How are you going to be answering the calls? I've seen you you talk to people who... We get to, you get to that question of, well, can, maybe we can meet today. And they're like, oh, well, I don't live here. Right. And then it's right? like, well, and how are like, you going to do this? How are you doing this? You don't live here. Oh, don't Ugh. get me started. Um, <laughs> don't get me started. But 
you also have to know, um, you have to understand that they think oftentimes for sale by owners are already overpriced. So I'm going to earn you three to 4% more. They're still thinking, well, yeah, but that's not even going to cover the commission. Well, but you were willing to pay a buyer's agent, right? So mm-hmm. I'm going to earn my commission plus right. some. Um, and let me show you how. And that's an intro to let's have a further conversation mm-hmm. because it's, we talk about this all the time. Like I'm not going to convince somebody uh, to work with me in a one or two minute phone conversation. If you can even be on the phone that long, you're not going to convince them to work with you. So that's not the point. The point is to overcome the objection enough to get an appointment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really hilarious too. And listings, are one of those things where people think that you don't earn your commission because especially in a market like this, they're like, well, it's sold in three days. And it's like, well, I I got you offers in three days, but all the prep work leading up to that was stuff that I get paid for. Right. <laughs> and then once it was under contract, all that stuff that we did between then and closing, that's what I get paid for. Mm-hmm. And my experience is what you're paying for. And then if you're a new agent... You pay the you you don't pay the architect after the building is up. You pay the arch. It's all the prep work of the right. drawings and all of the stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like well, we, we you didn't do anything. They they we had they they built that they built it and it and 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 stuff. What did you do? And it's like well, I did all the drawings first before you could even get to that point. So all of that prep work and stuff that they don't understand. They just think you just you know, took some pictures and wrote a, a paragraph description well, and uh, called it a day. Well, and like in that architect uh, example, it's like, well, my experience and knowledge allowed me to design something mm. that actually worked on your piece of property mm. that would be to code and didn't fall down during a well, hurricane. Not, I, and I, and you know, I come from that as a designer and somebody who's, who is uh, an expert, I'll call myself an expert because I am in Photoshop um, I would put my skills up against almost anybody when it comes to Photoshop. That's from using Photoshop 1.1 1. 1 in 1993 to today, right? All of those skills that allow me to sit behind Photoshop and design a logo in 30 minutes, it's not the 30 minutes. You're not paying me hourly. It's You're paying me for my expertise. The fact that it takes me 30 minutes and I know how to problem solve and and I have systems in place to be able to coax out of you your what it is that you want and what your aesthetic is and all of those things. That's that's years and years and years of skill. If you wanted to pay hourly for something, you could go to Fiverr and have them do it. And then when that fails, you can bring your crappy logo that you got from Fiverr to me and say, please help me. Cause that's, that's, cause that's that happened happened, before. <laughs> that happens all the time. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you are paying for my, well, Hey, that's what, that's what an expired listing is, is that kind right. of example yeah. when a listing expires. And, and what do we know that most of the time a listing is expiring because it was overpriced, but sometimes it's because, Still to this day, we've I will. Seen, we've seen listings that have expired that had three photos that somebody took with their iPhone. Yeah. And it's like, no wonder. Nobody, I, I just, okay, hold on. I'm going to go on a little rant. Okay. <laughs> we don't have a theme song have for a, that. I, I should do that. I'm going to get <laughs> a, a, rant. Stink, a rant stinker. Stinker. Stinger. <laughs> stinger. Um, 
So I was looking through MLS the other day and there was this just terrible looking exterior. Um, and the, it wasn't so much the photo, although the photo was clearly like a, an iPhone you know, or like a, you know, just a phone camera. Yeah. It wasn't a professional shot, but like they did absolutely nothing to the exterior of this house. It was terrible. Were there cars in the driveway? <laughs> no cars in the driveway, but it was it was just like it needed to be painted. There was no landscaping and it was like kind of an older ranch house. So it was just real flat and mm-hmm. like just this rectangle box with nothing. I'm, I'm serious when I say no landscaping. Mm-hmm. And it was painted like some like oops paint gray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and anyways, terrible photo. And then I clicked to the second one because I'm like, OK, well, let me just take a look inside. And it was another exterior shot that was terrible. And then the third one, another exterior shot from a different angle that was terrible. And then I clicked another one and it was another, it was like from, from above. And I was like, all right then. So so they, so they hired somebody with a drone, (laughs) right? If it was an above shot. No, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a drone shot. It was like, just like, like the, like I'm, I'm I'm holding my hands up really high. Like it was just a different angle. Mm. Anyways, I almost didn't click the next photo. And then I clicked the next photo and the inside was completely renovated. Mm-hmm. Completely renovated. And like it looked pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And I kept clicking along and I thought to myself, I bet no one clicks past the second or third photo right. on this listing. Yeah. It's so ugly. And let me tell you what that is. That is a, a, a real estate agent not telling their seller what needs to happen to make their house sell. Or and it's not just that. If the interior shot you you know you have to put the exterior front well first, i was getting there maybe, oh hold okay. on i'm in my rant oh yeah i'm Sorry. in my rant zone um that's somebody not preparing the house for sale properly part of the that's what i mean by like your listing what you get paid for is is helping people make their house look so great from the outside that people come to see it like that's how i view my job as a listing agent is like I'm going to make your house look so good that everybody who's looking in this area will want to come see it. Yeah, we that is a big focus from the beginning all the way through the process is what's that first shot going to look like? Yeah. Right? And then 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 the other part of that is why when the agent took the photos, first of all, they didn't get professional photos, but the second part is they decided to put four or five exterior shots. Now, if the exterior looks good, that's fine. You do a couple. Mm-hmm. Sure. If the exterior looks like garbage, then quickly get to the selling features of the house, yeah. which is the entire remodeled interior. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm, I'm on a rant here, but that is part of a listing agent's job. So when, when people don't see the value, it's because they didn't have a good experience before, and that could have been any number of things, or they're, they're ha- they're, they have people who are not giving them anything of value. And that's the other part is you've got to know that that stuff is what you get paid for and not to give it away for free. Right. That drives me crazy. And I've made that mistake before of like giving comps and CMA stuff before you list a property. I understand you're like people, there's the little, (laughs) in the back of your head right now, you're thinking, but people want to know what their house is worth. Yes. You can give people, you can show people comparable sales and help them kind of come to a range during a listing consultation, but do not spend time doing a full market analysis for someone's home when they haven't yet chosen to list with you. That's what we get paid to do. My expertise in, in showing you how to price a home properly 
is what is like what is going it's like the main point of mm-hmm. why you're going to make the most money possible do you think that if th- the, there aren't as many interior designers but do you think that if you called an interior designer and said come over to my house i want some advice <laughs> and or i want you to take a look we're thinking about getting it remodeled on the inside and the interior designer comes over, do you think that that interior designer is going to do drawings and color comps and all of the other things for you and say, these are all the things that I would do. Right. Will you hire me? And then you, you would take all of those things and then half asset yourself. It's like, you want them to do lift a finger. You're going to have to pay them, right? They can show you their history and show you examples and you guys can have a conversation about aesthetics and what you like and what they like and all of those things. And then and then at that point you say, I really like that interior designer. Let's hire them. And then they will start to work. Well, what makes you think that this would be any different? Well, I think what you just described is really important is examples. So you can do the same thing with listings. And I, I by the way, I'm just spitballing. I've not done this before. But uh, well, that's not true. I've, I've, I've shown examples before. Well, you have a listing presentation. Yes. Well, I have a listing, but I mean examples of like, here's a house where, um, so that's not true. I've done this before, but it's not part of my general listing presentation, but I have before shown like, here's an example of a listing that we took. Here's the advice that I gave them. Mm-hmm. Here's what they did. We sold it for this price. I sold it for over asking price because they followed my plan. And we generated multiple offers in a time where multiple offers weren't the everyday thing, you know? I I think we did a long time ago. This was probably during like post-crash. I think we did something where it was like you had taken listings, multiple listings that had gone through the process of expiring, right? And then you were and, and, and stuff. And we used like the expired photos and then like, oh, yeah, and yeah. then and then our photos that got that house sold yeah. and stuff and like marketing and all of those things we took and put them side by side so that when you went into the next one you could say see this is what we do this is what other people do kind of a thing i kind of remember doing that it was a long time ago but. and these are stories you can tell over time too like i have i have 100% confidence in saying this i once took an expired listing that when i took the listing it had been shown like two or three times during the listing period a 6 month listing period we took the listing and the seller literally told me the house has been shown like three times more and of course we got an offer and sold it for asking price which was the same price that it was listed for before. We didn't lower the price. Mm-hmm. We just changed the strategy. So now I can go and confidently say to a seller, hey, we don't have to, do, if this is true. Right, right? If it's like, true, yeah. Sometimes it truly is the price, but sometimes it is the marketing. But you've got to be able to evaluate each situation and decide what their, what their gap or need is and then present to that. You know, same thing kind of on a script calls is like why... Why would they meet with you? And so on a call recently, this person was giving me that pushback mm-hmm. of like, you guys suck. You're not worth any money. You're worthless. Uh, every, your whole life's work is worthless. <laughs> yeah. Not in those words, but saying it Might by as like, well. right. By saying, I don't need, I don't need you. And then I said, you know, to something to the effect of, I understand that you may have had bad experience before. There's a lot of licensed agents and we all do things differently. And I can tell you that my track record is that I get three to 4% more than the average agent does in our area when I sell a home. 
And so if you're experiencing, you know, and then I, I, whatever, I went for an appointment. Mm. Um, and that was enough to get the guard down. Mm-hmm. So then she started asking a few questions and the questions were about homes that have sold recently, comparable sales, right? Well, if you're a for sale by owner and you're asking me for advice on pricing your home. Mm-hmm. Why are you, why are you? listing it as yourself well then you're telling me that you you realize even though everything that came out of your mouth was that you're not worth anything mm. what are you asking my advice for but you I'm want not, i'm not worth anything but you want my advice yeah but you've got to get through that initial like they're gonna bl- it's like bluster like mm. blustering is that the word i'm looking for well i mean yeah a little a little bit but they're they're they don't want to talk to you you know yeah they don't want to talk to you they even if you did have something to offer, it's not enough to make it worth it. And they really haven't thought about it that much. You know, they haven't sat down and thought about it because obviously what their their opinion is garbage. That doesn't make any sense. How could you possibly think that you've never, maybe you've sold one house before, maybe two in your lifetime and stuff. And not in this market, you haven't. Whatever the market is, it's different than the last time. What makes you think that you can do what somebody who's got 15, 8, 12, 20 years experience? The fact that you think you can do it just as good, as well. is just as well, <laughs> is means either you're delusional, which most people aren't delusional, or you just really haven't thought about it that much. Put that much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, the pro- I think like really weighing it out and stuff because it doesn't make any sense. Well, I think I can tell you doing all this work in this house and stuff that I think I'm good at a lot of things. And then we had those guys do drywall because they were fixing the pipes and they were here for, you know, a few hours and fixed 30 holes in the wall and didn't have to sand anything. And I'm sanding and and redoing it and taking me three days to do. And they did it in five minutes and they did a better job than me. You know what I mean? So it's like, can I do it? Yeah, sort of. I can do it. I can save a few bucks and stuff. But what that's that's a, a patch of drywall, not selling a house. Well, yeah, like- <laughs> it's it's all in perspective. Like so. So, yes, there are things that we can DIY and and you can choose to DIY those things. But selling a house or, um, you know, like, you know how Getting I always a diagnosis, <laughs> right? I love WebMD, but I'm not a doctor and I'm just guessing. I guess they are, too. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that just reminded me of, you know, how there's all those advertisements for like those stock slices. Yeah. Like where you, yeah, buy, like like, you buy like Amazon. I can buy like, like a piece of a, right. a, piece, a piece of a piece of a, of a part of a stock. Yeah. <laughs> um. The reason I thought of that was just that I'm I don't know anything about stocks oh, right. or mutual funds, and right. I can go research it and spend a bunch of time. Um, but I'm never going to be better than someone who lives it every day. Who lives it every day? Right. Who's a financial planner right. and who has studied it and is like always looking at the market. I'm not going to be better than them, mm-hmm. no matter how much my ego wants to tell me that I am, because I I I got a bunch of money from some penny stocks that I played with one time. Yeah. So same thing goes for for sale by owners. They're never going to be better than you in the career that you're studying and living every single day. They're just not. However, they think they are. So you have because of some experience they've had. So you just have to ask questions to understand 
what is the gap that they have there and see if you can turn it into a piece of value. And that's that's the challenge with with those types of people. Um, what's interesting is the same at the same kind of time. Do we need to take a break? <laughs> oh, is it now a good time? Well, I was just about to get into, into a whole something thing. new. Oh yeah, then let's <laughs> let's take a quick a quick quick one. Okay. okay. The Think Look B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Look B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. I was thinking of something when we were on break about experience. And if you're a new agent um, or newer, you know, I would say like you're new in the first two years. Um, you're you're thinking like, well, I don't have that. So one of the things that I know for certain is that any licensed agent that has a decent brokerage is still, you still have access to expert information and you can get an answer faster than somebody can Google and try to understand right? and, and come up with an answer. Yeah. So even if you feel like, well, I don't know that off the top of my head, you still have resources mm-hmm. to get the right answer faster than some person who does not do this every single day. Right. They don't even know where to look. Right. right. Even if you Googled it, it's like yeah. it's still going to take time to read through a bunch it, of articles. Whereas right. this this article was written in 2007 in Indiana. Yeah. Like, you know, how does that relate to what certain specifics are in your area, in yeah. that neighborhood and blah, or whatever it happens to be, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's like all you have to do is talk to somebody who's go talk to one of your friends who's doesn't who's not a real estate agent and just use the vocabulary that you normally use with other agents and watch their face and eyes glaze over. (laughs) Right. It's like they don't. So super easy to kind of our dog is scratching at something. You probably can't hear that, but he's he's a part of, he's a part of this podcast. He's not, but he (laughs) always becomes one. But anyway, so whatever, whatever your level of experience, you can still confidently, um, you know, like just know whoever you're dealing with, whatever lead you're prospecting or whatever appointment you're going on, go talk to somebody about that, that does have experience and what, what are the common objections? What are the things that consumers feel about realtors and how can you overcome those things? And then you'll be set and then just learn, learn it and then do it over and over and over and over again. Um, when I was on a call recently and I kind of like, you know, I, I don't know, like I kind of surprised myself because I pulled out a script that just, I don't use every single day, you know, but I pulled it out of my brain because I do script and role play every, not every single day, but every week, multiple times a week. Right. That if you do that. Wait, so you've been. A real estate agent for 16 years and you do script and role play three or four times a week? Yes. Did you hear that, listeners? Well, I know. And trust me, it feels monotonous. And 
But that is it's, the way that you, when somebody gives yeah. you that that objection or somebody says something, go so to, go tell, ask a professional baseball player if they still do batting practice. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. You like, can come up with a million different. You're not as good as you think you are. <laughs> examples of that, like yeah. that basic thing that you have to do over and over again. I don't care if you think you're a master at scripts. You keep doing it over and over again because what did I just say earlier? Like the conversations change. Mm -hmm. And so something that you may not use every day, you might not have used every day two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. you might need to be using now. So you have to keep practicing and, and then you internalize them. And then it becomes just second nature when somebody says something and, and you're like, no, nope, I got an answer for that. Yeah. I've got an objection handler for that. Or I've got a question for that is a better way to say it too. Right. Yeah. More questions. Always more questions. Um, and that's the other thing too. I think uh, I, I feel like I used to be afraid to ask questions. Like I thought I was prying for information well, or something. Well, it's, uh, yep. I bet I can see that people think you're pr- prying and you don't want to do that is one. And then two is if I'm asking a bunch of questions, then it means I don't know the answers, even though it doesn't make any sense for you to know the answers about their scenario. It's still you asking questions instead of just being like, yep, I got it. I got it. I got this. Well, cause I think you get into and this is not my personal experience, um, but a lot of times people come into sales and they think that selling is about like telling somebody mm. why you should work with me or telling you why you should buy this product or whatever. And that's not really what's like good salespeople mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. not like, yes, you're going to present. But most of the presentation is just asking them about their situation mm-hmm. so that you can fill those gaps. Um, Those are always the best vendors that we hire for, and I'm not talking about like electricians and stuff, but we're looking for something that's a little more, have a creative slant to it, whether it's painting an exterior or it's um, uh, putting in a pool or right now we're trying to get a large tree that we have in our backyard and we want to hang lights on it, but we don't really know what we want. We don't know if we want bistro lights or we want big globes or a combination or and all of the different variations and all of that stuff. And so I've been talking to lighting vendors coming over and, and looking and the ones that I like the most, the ones that I'm going to be will, more willing to hire were the ones that asked me a bunch of questions about what I liked and what I wanted versus the ones who came over and said, yep, I know what you want and then wrote up a quote. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like that... So asking the questions is appreciated because then they have a better understanding of who I am and what it is that I want, you know? So to feel like you shouldn't be asking questions because you're prying is just something in your head. 100%. I think, well, first of all, if you really think about it, obviously the more you know about the situation, the more you can help someone. It's just like, it's a common sense thing. And yet when you're talking with somebody, like I've seen people fall into this trap of like assuming that you know what that person needs when you have not asked them anything about their personal situation. Mm-hmm. Like I assume because you inquired about buying a house that you want to buy a house and let's set an appointment and let me show you how to do that. Instead of asking the what has you thinking about buying a house? Let mm-hmm. me understand your motivation and then I can help better guide you. Mm-hmm. Um and that, let that question lead to a new question, lead to a new question because you're listening to them. Yeah. Right. And and most of the time you'll get somebody like me who is a driver, but also a talker and will and will explain everything to you. 
You know what I mean? And then because in my mind, it's like that's they're, they're going to be better at their job if they know everything yeah. that's going on with me. Yeah. Right. Right. But some people you have to pull it out of. Sure. And so don't be afraid to ask those questions. That's part of that's part of sales. It just is. And I guess I was just thinking back to like my my like when I first started, I don't think anyone really told me um, in training that sales was questions. I think I just learned that over the years. Like, I don't think that was part of my initial training getting into real estate. Well, you just probably assume that people think the way that whoever you are, the way you think, which is, I know what I want for you. Yeah. Right. I know what I want. I don't need, it's like, and and so, and so that's, that's an easy solve for you. But for most people, that's not the case. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But anyways, uh, one, so all in the, the same kind of time frame that I, you know, I'm dealing with somebody that was so adamant that I'm not worth anything. (laughs) On the flip side, I have some, um, past clients who are getting their house ready for sale and they inquired to get my expertise before they're ready to get it on the market because they're like doing what to do you mean? yeah they're doing renovations so all the way down to paint color and all of these things because they trust my expertise and what I tell them to do is going to get them the most money mm. but they know that because of experience because I've already worked with them before so I guess that's what I mean is like you if you're new go get one client <laughs> And then, and then build client to get another client. <laughs> um, but th- they were so, so much so wanting my personal advice, like not anybody else's. Mm. You know, I have a, a team and that becomes sort of a challenge as you grow a team is that people trust your expertise. Right. You mean like, for example, if you third year agent and you're out there and you're showing every you're showing these buyers everything and they become your past clients and all of a sudden five years later they're ready to sell but by that point you have buyers agents and transaction coordinator and showing partner how do you explain to those people that you spent all that time with that oh i'm gonna pawn you off to this person for this part of it and then this person for the other part of it and then i'm gonna list your house but you know we've got you know whatever this person on my team is doing the open house not me well, that's like, part. Of, so that's that's as uh, if you grow a team or if you have a team and you have to do that handoff, that's those are scripts, too. You know, and if you internalize them, then it becomes really easy to hand off to the person who's best suited for the role. But you also have to remember, like, and I remind our transaction coordinator, like repeatedly or maybe just a few times, but it feels like a lot. That's repeated. That she has done more business as a transaction coordinator, like she has worked more files than the average agent, like many, many times over. Mm-hmm. And so what, even though she's been there for, she just had her year anniversary. And so she might feel, I don't know, I'm just speaking for her. Like I know how agents and how people feel when you're one year in, you tend to feel, um, like you don't have experience. Like you're not, yeah. Like it still feels like you're new, like you're figuring things out. And yet, she has more experience than, than most 90% agents. Ninety percent of the agents out there, yeah. And and so 
through those problem solving and all of the things that are part of this this mm-hmm. job. So so I have to remind people of that and and you should remind yourself like whatever number of sales you've done, you've still got experience and let's say you work in an office with 200 agents. L- tap into all of that mm-hmm. experience. Like that's the knowledge that you bring to the table. Um but in the, in the the team building process, you do you start to get to a place where people they want your experience and expertise, and it does become a little bit of a challenge to bring in somebody else into the fold. You could always use me as an example, which is, you know, we hire a professional photographer who does nothing but take photos and video to make your house look as great as it can, which is also why we have our buyer's agents do the open house because that's they do. I don't do open houses. Right. They well, do, I do open what houses I said. every single weekend. It's all they do on the weekends is do open houses. Wouldn't you rather have somebody who does open houses every week than my dusty old <laughs> frame coming in who haven't hasn't done an open house in three years? You don't want me doing it. You want the, the, the stars that are doing it every weekend to do it. That's yeah. why they're doing the open houses and not me. Well, you can I'm sure say- that, that is kind of I did a roundabout script that's out there but you just have to show them well I know that some agents are just like oh great so you know you'll be working with this person and you're in excellent hands they're going to take great care of you and that's that like it's as simple as that Mm -hmm. and then there's others that use something to that effect of like we want uh, you to do it um you know I don't handle this anymore Mm -hmm. I've I've hired this person and trained them on everything that I do so you're gonna have the same exact experience you're just gonna have a different person communicating with you well the first thing you said most people would say okay that's fine right but I was I was saying like when you get that person who when you say all that to and they say but we want you to do it that's why we hired you like do it the way you did it last time yeah kind of a thing then you have to explain why I haven't done that in years because I have experts that work for me that do that now. And I don't even know if you have to explain that you haven't done it in years. Right. I think it's just more um, that these people are, you have personally trained each of these people to give them the same exact experience that they got last time. Mm -hmm. And this allows us to make sure that you're taken care of and that all clients have the best experience possible. Right. Like you don't have to say, well, I don't do it anymore. You can, especially if it's like a personal friend or something. That's I think you can would, get like yeah, real personal and just in, be like. In my mind, I guess that's kind of what I was seeing. Like when I was saying that with somebody that I actually, you know, sphere wise, like but, they come to events and I talk to them. But I will say like there is a, um, th- there's a, a lot out there where people will say they're not coming to you. They, they don't want you. They want your customer service experience. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's true. I don't either. And, and it's something that gets talked about a lot through like coaching and classes you go to. I think that it's not that it's not true. They do want your customer service experience, but they think you're the only one that can deliver it. Yes. And and Same they want with, with, and they don't just want the customer service, though. If that was the case, you could have somebody step in and provide that. You, but, but you have to make sure that you have to make sure that that's all true. Well, yes. That, <clears throat> because that, I'm thinking like we're do we have a pool designer who is a pool designer that we've used in the past for past pool we put in and I'm putting, let's just say that that had changed and he had an assistant now that did all the drawings and he just oversaw everything. 
And he came to us and said, well, I won't be your point of contact for this. It's actually going to be John Smith who's going to do that. But he's really good. He, I've taught him everything I know, and you will have the same experience. I'd be like, okay, well, okay, I guess that's what the way that this is. Now, if John Smith F's up on the first day mm-hmm. or there's an issue or they don't call me back the way that the my previous experience was, then I'm going to be upset. Well, that's why, okay, so uh, Kayla's not here today, but we would be talking about, that's why systems are so important yeah. is you're, you are, when you're building a team, whether it's a one admin and you or it's a hundred people, whatever, it doesn't matter. The only way that you can promise and deliver on the same experience is by uh, documenting exactly how things go. exactly how things yeah. go and then making sure that everybody is doing it that way yeah which does take some um oversight yeah like uh, auditing things and mm-hmm. and looking at things and making sure like uh, you know every now and then i'll go through files and make sure that everything was right. taken care of the right way so what happens is if, if catherine's got a buy a uh, buyer seller past client right who she worked with exclusively six years ago Right. She was still taking on buyers. And so she worked with them. She sold their house, found them a new one. And then all of a sudden we're rolling into 2023 and there's a buyer's agent on the team who gets fed the lead from Catherine's sphere because Catherine's not taking on buyers. That buyer buyer's agent needs to do everything that is in the system in the way it's listed in the system because that system was created by the way Catherine handled her past clients. And so they expect it to be that way. So if you're out there freestyling and doing it your way, they're not getting the same experience. And the only reason they came back to the team was because they wanted that same experience again. That's why it's so important, right? That's why... Um, like just in, in, if I'm thinking about processes and stuff, we have all the way down to like buyers, um, when their showings are scheduled, we have an itinerary email. It's mm-hmm. a canned response. Canned responses are golden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's a way that keep things, everything, the everybody's same, right? saying the same thing. People have, you have scripts for everyone so that everybody's saying the same thing. The canned responses make sure that the communication delivery is the exact same. And then obviously you can't 100% make sure that what's being said like on the phone is the same right. and, and the interaction and the, that that part of the experience. But you role play, you practice, you, you problem solve with them when there's issues. And through that, it should all come out right. the well, same. Right. Well, I was going to say the, uh, those things are all um, part of the mission statement, right? Like the, the being, ur- the urgency, all of those things that we kind of talk about that are important yeah. to you are all very much in the vernacular of the ThinkLib B team yeah. so that they know that that's, this is how we handle things. This is how quickly we call people back and all, all of that stuff. Yeah. So they should be doing that. The actual words coming out of their mouths outside of scripts, which is just normal conversation, that's you or any other team leader hiring the right people that aren't hire. You're not hiring a bunch of jabronis. <laughs> yes. Um, but so... That's all customer service. That's all things that you can do, processes that you you can document so that everybody is doing the exact same thing. Um, the experience itself, you can't like there. Sorry to say, but like 
the agent that's been with me for, you know, a year and a half, you don't have as much experience as I do. Like mm-hmm. that, you can't change that. Yeah. That will always be the same. Yeah. Um, so unless I hire someone with more experience than me, every single person that works with us will always have less experience than me. Mm-hmm. So you have to start, like, this is something that I'm working on, which is why we're talking about until, seeking our best. Until, until you decide and get to a point where you can step out of taking on clients and you're doing more managerial things, then there can come a time, right? Like we were talking about with the open houses where there are buyer's agents who have done more business than you, especially recently, because you're not taking on buyers. You know what I mean? Or you're, you've, you've stepped out of the business. Hopefully with any team leader, there comes a time where there's people on the team that have more day to day experience, but never, in the business as long, obviously. Well, right. And the the transactional numbers, like it would be very difficult after a 16-year career. Yeah. yeah. But at some point, potentially, yeah. like if somebody is with you a long time, that could change. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is, is, is the, is, if we talked about it a, a few minutes ago, is that if I don't work with, and, and this is just going through the MREA model, like if I step out of buyer business, then at some point, pretty quickly... I no longer have the right experience mm-hmm. to help that person. You're not in the market every day. To because know. I'm not in the market dealing with mm-hmm. writing offers for people. Mm-hmm. And so you, I think like figuring out that handoff and explaining that that person actually has the right experience mm-hmm. to help them is stuff that we have to figure out as we grow. And, mm-hmm. and you do as a new agent when you hire that first admin because people are only going to want to talk to you. They don't want to talk to somebody else. They want to talk to you because they think you've got all the answers. And so, and then if the admin person doesn't have the answers yeah, then there's a and they have to always come to you and say, let me ask this person, then the, the, it's not streamlined. Um, so those are things that you have to think about when you and start growing and a and team it's also is that setting, you're. And setting those roles right from the beginning to people, right. That, and, and staying in your lane. Right. Well, I'm going to refer to that like as the team leader, if they're asking a transaction coordination question, well, you need to talk to our transaction coordinator about that. Or as if you're a buyer's agent or whatever it happens to be to stay in your lane, because you're kind of educating them that you aren't the person to call for all of those things. And if they're getting the answers from those other people the way they're supposed to be, then it should be smooth sailing. Well, and that, I mean, we talk about expectation setting all the time, but I think that goes back to expectation setting too, is that from the very beginning, the part of the script is that, you know, this is what I'm going to step in on mm-hmm. and and this other person handles everything else and in, in, in a different format. That's not the exact script. But that way, when somebody is asking you a question that's transaction coordinated, re- coordinating related, you can say, let me ask so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And you're telling them, I have to go ask that person because that's their job. Mm-hmm. And we'll, I'll have her get back to you with that answer within the next hour or something like that. So you're letting them know... Yeah. I'm going to get you that answer right away, but I'm going to get it from the direct source of the person who's actually handling that. And then you let that person do the phone call back. Don't play a game of telephone. Yeah. Where you call them back and say, okay, so I talked to so-and-so and and they said- And let me tell you, that might be the hardest thing because sometimes, um, and it is just easier, right? It's just easier to do it yourself sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's faster Mm -hmm. sometimes or it feels like it is. 
And so you really have to train yourself. And I think that ta- it takes a really long time. Yeah, because you're probably used to doing everything all the time, right? Everyone's Every agent starts off doing everything all themselves. Right. And then you slowly start to delegate that stuff out to other people. But at some point you did all of those things. So you have to you have to be OK with just letting that stuff go. Yeah. Well, easier said than done. <laughs> What's next? Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Questions from the web. I'm curious, are you frustrated with the market right now? Listings sitting longer and longer, price cuts left and right, and it's like buyers have simply vanished. Things have shifted so quickly with the high rates that in that in such a short time, it's become difficult to rely on comps from last month. Definitely not optimistic about how the next few months are going to go. Is that just me? Are you willing to share? Uh, and then that's it. Okay. Um so this is, Pat doesn't like things that aren't evergreen. <laughs> right. But but so markets shift, things change. Um, yeah, that's what I say. This can come into play year, three years from now. Three deal. years from so now, who knows this. what's happening if you're listening to this. Um, this is These are my thoughts, though. Uh, the last two years has been very challenging, but also maybe has felt like I don't want to say easy, but like you might have felt very busy and there's all this excitement. Like I'm, it's, there's a buzz. You're running around with people. And even if you were struggling with getting offers accepted and those kinds of things, what you're, you're writing offers, right? What you're entering is what's called a normal market <laughs> where a house doesn't sell overnight, where it takes some skill and marketing to get people through the door. This is normal. And you don't need to freak out, but you might have to, if you're going to sell the same number of houses or you're going to, um, you're going to work harder at getting leads and not writing as many offers or like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it should average should, out. Right. Like if you spent 99% of your time on the road showing houses getting last offers year, declined. but like everybody wanted to buy a house that you talked to. Mm-hmm. Well, this year you might have to talk to more people and spend more time on that. But, but won't have to write, be declined on so many offers. When you see a house and you write an offer, it might get accepted. Right. So yeah, it's just a shift of activities and how your time is spent, but it's not, it's not anything to be scared of. And I know like if, again, if you're listening to this three years from now, this isn't true, but the rates are expected to go up again in like three weeks, mm-hmm. which it feels way too sudden to me, by mm-hmm. the way. I'm like, what? They just raised them. And I understand the reason why, and it's important to tamp down inflation. And it's still for us in the real estate business feels like, well, that really like shook the business pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And things have, have definitely cooled. But just like we said um, Pat and I are convinced that it's like going to bounce back. I don't know now with another rate increase three weeks away. However, um, I did have people reach out to me over the last week that were like, hey, maybe we were going to buy in the fall, but maybe we should do it now. Mm-hmm. So things change. Like you might all of a sudden get a little pop right now of people like, let's get under contract and get our rate locked. And then things might slow down again after the ne- next rate lock. And then things will change again because right. it's the end of the year and people well, want to like, move because like they want to move. It's, yeah. It's like I said, like. People who have dis- people that are wishy-washy, maybe we should move. Maybe we should sell. Maybe we should buy. Those people, 
they're going to be gone. We're not going to worry about those people. But the people who have to buy, the people who have to sell, they still have to buy and sell. Yeah. Like that's, and that's most people. That's most, right? Those people that you are showing houses to that it took six months for them to get into something and stuff, those people will leave oh, the market. Also, so you are going to have to, so that just means you're not going to be running around so much. So focus on your spheres, focus on all of those things and focus on setting qualified, good appointments where they're motivated. And you really shouldn't see much of a difference because like we said, the market isn't going to crash. The market and, and prices aren't going to drop and and all of a sudden uh we're 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 lowering prices every single day on 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 listings it's just instead of it going up 14% a year it's going to go up 4% a year well can i say something so, some, <laughs> right? so somebody the prices are still going to go up just not as quickly as they have been over the last 2 years so somebody asked me yesterday um about the like they've noticed, it was a seller, they noticed that um, a lot of people had been reducing their prices. Mm-hmm. Well, why would someone reduce their price it, it, other than the market, like all of a sudden taking a dive? Because I know Because why. they overpriced, they overpriced it, it to begin with. Right? They, they decided to go for the hole in one and they, they listed it at the top, 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 top. Well, let's just see if someone's interested. So here's the thing. Um, if the market was appreciating, so in our area, the market was appreciating at like 2% a month um, from like January on till most recently. So a lot of people might have been pricing sort of ahead of the market because the market was appreciating really fast, right? So you're you're seeing what's going pending and you're like, well, gosh, like the houses that sold, sold for 400. The houses that are pending sold for 450. Let's price ours at 500 and we'll probably get some offers. Mm-hmm. And unskilled agents would, sorry, um, look, I have an overpriced listing right now. It's like it happens. Uh, the, 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 the conversation, though, was like, okay, well, yeah, the market's appreciating at a fast rate, so we'll probably be able to sell it, right? Instead of really looking at what was going on and, the, the, and trying to kind of project a little bit into the future. So all of the people who are reducing their price right now, we're projecting that, well, by the time we get our house on the market and mm-hmm. we're selling it, it will be 4% higher than when I first met with this agent and talked to them, right? right? And so those people have to reduce their price because now the market might be appreciating at more of a normal pace, which would be 3 to 5% per year, mm-hmm. right? So we may not see an appreciation um, over the, like, let's say July to August, maybe it's uh, half a percent, a percent. I don't know. Like, we never really know what until you look back in time. But I'm just saying those price reductions that you're seeing, those people were just overpriced. Yeah. That's all. They were anticipating the market still climbing at the rate in which it was, and now it's not, so they have to adjust. Right. That doesn't mean the market is tanking. No. Or that the prices are dropping. When I hear that- Or I should say the average price isn't dropping. Those people were overpriced. Right. When I hear agents say this, like this, like the the economy, the housing market's going to tank, and that's that's what I hear when um, buyers walk around the house and say- this thing needs to be gutted, right? <laughs> it's like you're using these words that you've kind of heard from television and stuff and not really thinking fully of what. Well, and also, is like, here. I don't know. 
this may be a deeper discussion, but I just feel like everybody, everything's like extremes. Yeah. Well, like everybody's yeah. like, oh. it's all of this or it's all of that. And, and there's everything. The reality is everything's in the middle. Well, cause everything does sort of operate in the middle, like, like the average. Right. So we're just getting back to sort of normal things. That's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. Like we said a couple of weeks ago, um, the ones who the those agents that are flooding the market with, um, you know, I do it part time. It's a side hustle. Those people will be gone, right? So that's more buyers for you, more sellers for you. So that's the other thing to, to keep in mind. So when this adjusts and stuff, not only will you not be running around writing forty offers for one, waiting for one to get get accepted, but thirty of those agents that were writing those forty offers. <laughs> Right, that that were in on that house, they're out of the market too, you know. Can I give a a tip Mm. instead of any more questions? I will allow it. I just want to give a tip. Okay, give a tip. (laughs) Okay, Um, I was recently looking for a a referral partner for somebody, and I won't say the area of the country that was just just in case. (laughs) Um. So the tip is that your your voicemail box should be a um a professional voicemail box. The phone number I called the um looking for a particular agent that I had researched and thought that was like a good referral partner for this location in the country. And I got a voicemail box that was just like the standard um like the robot voice? Yeah, the robot voice. It wasn't George Costanza's, believe it or not. <laughs> no. George isn't at home. <laughs> no. Uh, it was just the robot voice. And so I wasn't even sure if I had reached the right person. Right. That's insane. <laughs> so I hung up the phone and I was like, I must have misdialed, right? Because that seems crazy to me. And I looked at my phone and I looked at the number and I was like, no, that's the right number. Let me try again. Maybe they'll answer. I'll do the double tap. That's when you call two times in a row Mm -hmm. and people are like, who's this person calling me? And they pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, No one answered. It went to voicemail again. Robot voice. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm not going to refer my business to somebody who doesn't even have a professional voicemail set up because what that tells me is the customer who I'm referring also is going to feel that way. Yeah. They're going to be like, am I calling the right place? Yeah. There's no admin. There's no like, this is what you do if you're a new client, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing on there. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Your voicemail box, the voicemail box for 555-3216 is full. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, if your voicemail box is full. Now, look, every now and then, like, this can happen, except if you have a a professional, like, um, cloud-based phone service. Which, which when when you're in in sales as as a real estate agent, the fact that your mailbox would ever be full, that's money you're leaving on the table. That's insane. Yes. Um, so make sure if you if you don't have a cloud based system where, you know, you really have unlimited space, um, I think, <laughs> uh, then make sure your voicemail box isn't full and then make sure you have a professional message. And that's all I have to say about that. That person did not get the referral. Mm-hmm. I continued my research and found somebody else who picked up the phone. That's that in itself. Mm-hmm is sometimes all that matters. Now, I know you can't answer the phone all the time, but sometimes just answering the phone mm-hmm. is what gets you a piece of business. Sure, because if you didn't if you if that person didn't answer the phone and you left a message, 
if you, if that person, that agent called you back before you had an opportunity to find somebody else, because you could have said, oh, well, okay, I left a message with them. An hour goes by. Another 45 minutes goes by. It's like, that person still hasn't called me back. I'm going to find someone else. Yeah. Right? So you got to make sure that you call that other agent back before they have an opportunity to find a third person. Yeah. Or whatever. Also, this is another tip. Um, well, maybe I should save that for another time. I'm giving away all my secrets. <laughs> Answering the phone is not a secret. <laughs> Small win. Kat, you got a small win? Um, yeah, I would say my small win is just getting prepared. We're going on a little vacation and just getting all my ducks in a row. I feel I feel really good about leaving. Like I feel like everybody has been touched. I, you know, I've I've kind of recapped everything that could that could potentially go wrong or that could need attention to um my people. And I feel like it's gonna be a nice little vacation. <laughs> <laughs> that's it okay and my small win is we finally got the globe we were waiting we were waiting on a light for our front porch since the house got painted it's been like two months i think it's been longer than it that. might be longer than that because i think we ordered it before the house was finished mm-hmm. and uh the globe came and so i put the light up it went right in perfectly nice and tight like the base of it put the light bulb in light bulb worked like a smart bulb <laughs> Worked perfectly, got the globe on, fit perfectly, and there was not one issue. And that does never happen. That never happens. And the fact that I it took me ten minutes to put to hang this light on the front porch is uh, definitely a small win. Yeah, that's kind of a big win for yeah, this house. That, yeah, that everything <laughs> went smoothly. Hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. Send your questions from the web to onseekingthebest.com. All info is in the show notes, including how to send us a voicemail. And for Kat, Kayla, and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll figure this all out next week. Bye. Adios. This has been a Think Live Be production.